0: From NPR and WNYC, coming to you from the Aztec Theater in San Antonio, Texas, it's NPR's Hour of Puzzles, Word Games, and Trivia, Ask Me Another. I'm Jonathan Colton, now here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg.
1: Hello, everybody. This is so exciting. We have an amazing show for you. We have four brilliant contestants. They are backstage. They just told me that the Alamo is not where I return my rental car. And they will be up here playing some games with us. And one of them will become our big winner. And I got to say that we are here to mess with Texas. Right, Jonathan? Are we messing with
0: Texas? We're going to mess it all up.
1: I was actually surprised to hear, like, I think it's kind of a tough guy, macho slogan, don't mess with Texas, but it's from an anti-littering campaign that is so adorable. That is so sweet. Does the bouncer down the street with that tattooed on his bicep know that? Does he know that? No, he doesn't know that. Are you sick of talking about the Alamo? Are you sick of it? No, you're okay? Some people yes, some people no. I get it. We all remember the Alamo, but here's my question. If you forget, what security questions do you get asked? <laughs> Where did you spend New Year's, 1845? <laughs> What's your favorite Mexican general's maiden name? <laughs> Who's Davy Crockett's best friend? <laughs> uh, and I also checked out the uh, San Antonio Riverwalk. Very nice. Beautiful. <laughs> Here I thought river walking was like a Jesus-only event. Turns out, also drunk guys named Tyler. And our special guest is singer-songwriter Robert Earl Keane. He he has a a great, very popular song about awkward family gatherings. Merry Christmas from the family. Uh, I don't know about your family, but when my family gets together, we can't even call it... Christmas. We have to call it Battle Royale. I love the first line of his song. It goes, uh, mom got drunk, dad got drunk. I wish all holiday songs were that realistic. Right? Like, have yourself a merry little Christmas. But if not, that's totally understandable. I get it. Makes sense. I won't be home for Christmas if I can help it. And my favorite, do you hear what I hear? That's my cousin telling me how much money he made last year. (laughs) All right, let's play some games, everybody. (laughs) It would be cliche to come to San Antonio and do a game about the Alamo, right? Wrong, it would be extremely cliche and that's why we're doing it. So let's meet our contestants. First up, Stevie Tardiff. You are a middle school theater teacher and you love the Texas grocery chain, H-E-B. Yes. What is so great about this chain?
2: They love Texas. Number one, they have the best produce because it's locally sourced. They have coffee flavors based on Texas towns that are delicious. They have tortilla chips shaped like Texas it's amazing I, just, I love it
1: <laughs> Stevie when you ring in we'll hear this your opponent is Clarissa Simmons you work for an educational technology company and you work on an app that helps teachers practice for their certification tests yep we help okay. teachers study so you know all about taking apart quizzes yes okay If you're reworking questions to make them more effective, what's the best strategy? Pretend to be really dumb. As obvious as possible. (laughs) Clarissa, when you ring in, we'll hear this. Stevie and Clarissa, whoever has more points after two games will go to our final round. So we're within walking distance of the Alamo, so it's only right to start things off with a word game called Remember the (laughs) Something-O. It's easy. Every answer is three syllables, and ends with the letter O. However, you must answer in the form of remember the Alamo.
0: So, if we said, I forget, what would you call a piece of the most popular breakfast cereal in the United States? You would answer, remember the Cheerio.
1: Okay. okay. Yeah, that's right. Here we go. I forget, what's that small woodwind instrument that's half the size of a flute? Ironically, one of Dragon Ball Z's biggest fighters is named after it. Stevie. Remember the piccolo? That is correct. An instrument made just to body shame flutes.
0: (laughs) I forget, what's that majestic, shaggy-haired mammal with horns that used to roam the Western Plains and is now ground up to make burgers? Stevie.
2: Remember the buffalo?
0: Yeah, that's right. I forget, what's the short name for the surgical procedure involving a hollow needle that can tell you the sex of a fetus? I know it seems like a weird question for me to ask, but I just slipped my mind. Stevie.
2: Remember the embryo.
0: Sorry, sorry, that is incorrect. (laughs) Okay. Uh, You knew it when you said it. (laughs) Yeah. Clarissa, do you have the answer?
2: Remember the in vitro? Uh,
0: We were looking for remember the amnio. Hmm.
1: Okay. (laughs) Yeah, if you've had one, you would remember. (laughs) They are not as fun as a gender reveal cake, I'm just going to (laughs) say. I forget, who was that Roman orator who
0: greatly influenced the Latin language and was also consul of the Roman Republic in 63 BC?
1: It's also in uh, the musical Chicago. Uh, Pop, Six, Squish, uh, uh-uh. Oh, Stevie.
2: Remember the Cicero?
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's right.
2: Keep those theater clues coming. There you go, yeah.
1: This is your last clue. I forget, what's the name of that pen and paper game played on a three-by-three grid, the one that will always end in a draw if you play perfectly, but your nephews never do, so you win every time? Clarissa. Remember the tic-tac-toe? That is correct. All right, great game, and Stevie is in the lead. Our next game is about sounds you'd hear in college. Uh, The most exciting sound of my college career was the sound of unwrapping string cheese in the library. (laughs) Football. It's a big deal in Texas. Yep. From high school all the way up to the pros. And this audio game is inspired by those unpaid college athletes who make other people rich. I'm going to play you a sound you'd hear at a college football team's home stadium. You're going to ring in and identify the school or the team. The points are doubled. Stevie, stay in the lead, and you go to the final round. Clarissa, you need to get more points, or you have to listen to a college student explain why he's voting third party. (laughs) Here we go. After this Morgantown-based Big 12 team wins a home game, its fans sing an on-the-nose John Denver song.
3: Country roads, take me home, to the place I belong.
1: Clarissa. West Virginia? Yep, we'll take it, West Virginia University. I know you were going in the right direction, and the point is yours. Pro tip, never call someone a mountain mama. Say. This Blacksburg University's mascot looks like a turkey, but they want you to know it's not necessarily a turkey. Even if you hear this sound in the stadium, remember it's not a turkey. Okay. Uh, it's a technical university east of West Virginia. (laughs) It's your hint. Clarissa. University of Virginia? Sorry, can't accept that. Stevie, can you steal? Virginia Tech? Yeah, that's right. Uh, And that's the hokey bird. The Hokies, right? The team's the Hokies, and that's the sound of the Hokies bird, which is, it's a made-up bird. They just, uh, they took the most frightening bird, a turkey, and managed to make it more frightening. Yeah. You'll hear this 130 decibel sound every time this train-themed Big Ten team from Indiana scores a touchdown.
2: Indiana State Stevie
1: says Indiana State good guess Uh, but incorrect Clarissa can you steal University of Indiana (laughs) (laughs) sorry this is incorrect good guess it's Purdue (laughs) and the team is the Boilermakers yeah and that is the sound of a hangover a coming (laughs) this is your last clue In 2003, students protested when this Big Ten university temporarily suspended its tradition of having fans jump up and down over concern for Camp Randall Stadium's structural integrity.
2: Clarissa, University of Wisconsin
1: Madison. Yes, indeed. The Badgers. You knew that one very proudly. My, my high school best friend went there. Your high school best friend. And so did you go to any of those? No, she, she ditched me. I didn't go.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Her loss and your gain right yeah, in this moment. Yeah. yeah. All right. We have a tie. So ring in to answer. And if you get this right, you go to the final round. What annual postseason college football game is traditionally played on New Year's Day in Pasadena? Clarissa. The Rose Bowl? The Rose Bowl is correct. And after two games, Clarissa is going to the final round. Coming up next, musician Robert Earl Keene. Is he keen to play some trivia while drinking a cup of Earl Grey tea? And some pun off of Robert? We'll find out. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and this is Ask Me Another from NPR. Support for this podcast and the following message comes from Target Red Card. Save 5% and get more out of shopping for your kids. Save 5% and get more for every aspiring artist, every sports fanatic, and every glitter go-getter around your table. Save 5% on every trip and you'll never settle for less. Red Card gets you more. Learn more in-store or online. Restrictions apply. See Target.com redcard Red Card for details. Support for this podcast and the following message comes from Zoom. What's a Zoom room? It's what your conference room is meant to be, with flawless video and audio conferencing, instant wireless content sharing from any device, and just one tap of a button to start a meeting. Any space can easily become a modern, simple-to-use Zoom room from tiny huddle rooms to executive offices to huge training rooms. And Zoom Rooms is effortlessly scalable from a few rooms to a few thousand. Sign up online for a free 30-day trial of zoom rooms and meet happy with zoom i know we'd all love the holidays to be this happy stress-free joyful time but let's be real that is not always the case npr's life kit is answering your holiday questions and helping you navigate family dynamics all season long new episodes every tuesday and thursday listen and subscribe to life kit all guides
0: This is Ask Me, another NPR's Hour of Puzzles, Word Games, and Trivia, coming to you from San Antonio, Texas. I'm Jonathan Colton. Here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg.
1: Thank you, Jonathan. It's time to welcome our special guest. He's a Texas native and a prolific singer songwriter who has been releasing music and touring for 35 years. And he hosts the Americana podcast, The 51st State. Please welcome Robert Earl Keane. Oh. Hello, Robert. So to start things off, would you play a song for us? Can I play a song for you? <laughs> OK, okay great.
3: Mom got drunk and Dad got drunk at our Christmas party. We were drinking champagne punch and homemade eggnog. Little sister brought her new boyfriend. He was a Mexican. we didn't know what to think of him until he sang Feliz Navidad, Feliz Navidad. Brother Ken brought his kids with him. The three from his first wife, Lynn. And the two identical twins from his second wife, Mary Nell. Of course, he brought his new wife, Kay, who talks all about change smoking while the stereo plays. Noel, noel, the first Noel Car the turkey, turn the ball game on, make bloody merries. Send somebody to the stop and go. We need some celery and a can of fake snow. A bag of lemons and some diet sprites A box of tampons and some Salem lights Hey everybody say cheese Merry Christmas from the family Thank you. Thank you,
1: Robert O'Keean, everybody.
3: Yes, sir.
1: Woo! Uh, I know that your introduction to music came when you were a kid and your older sister would drag you into bars. You were underage.
3: Actually, my younger sister.
1: Your younger sister. So she was also.
3: She was way underage and I was, (laughs) I was somewhat underage. Uh, But she was a a foosball champion in the, like the funkiest parts of Houston, Texas. And uh, so I went there to like protect her. I mean, as well as I could protect her. Like, leave her alone. Okay, okay, fine. Do whatever you Yeah.
1: (laughs) And then, so you were coming as her bodyguard, but then you got interested in the music?
3: Yeah, no. uh, In some of these places, uh, in this part of Houston, they'd have a foosball table and a couple of pool tables. Yeah. But in another room, in a smaller room, they would have, like, a couple of people playing guitars, you know? And so I'd sort of see that she's okay, and then I'd drift into these little rooms and I'd listen to these people play, and it was a chance and opportunity to like be right, truly up close and personal with the music and be right there. And I don't think I ever had such an experience about music that was so overwhelming than that, was being, you know, four feet away from somebody playing something really, really beautiful. And uh, that just, I was hooked. Yeah.
1: I'm gonna skip forward to 1984, because your first album, No Kind of Dancer, has a song called The Front Porch Song, mm-hmm. uh, which was co-written uh, with Lyle Lovett. Correct. So how did you meet him?
3: Uh, he lived around the corner from me. I lived on Church Street uh, in College Station, Texas, the home, what? Yeah, home of the Texas Aggies, yep. okay, right? H- home of the fighting Texas Aggies. <laughs> yes, sir. And so he rode his bicycle by our house all the time. And I had a bunch of these, like, you know, snuff dipping, fiddle playing buddies. And we used to sit on this porch and play music all the time. And he would ride by. And one day he just kind of pulled up in the yard and said, uh, You know, I've worked for the basement coffee house on a part time basis. And uh, I'd like you to come and maybe uh, uh, play and uh, open up for somebody. So, you know, we were, right then we were playing. The uh, Methodist uh, church spaghetti supper. Perfect. That was just, you know, so man, like playing in a real venue was a pretty cool thing. And Lyle and, and I just got to be friends. We just, you know, like friends do, you just hit it off and your time never really passes. You just see them, you know, five years later, it's just the same thing. You're just going on. Right? And
1: the French port song is, is based on that gathering yes, place. Absolutely. Yes. With your, what did you say? Snuff.
3: Snuff different fiddle playing. Uh, yeah.
1: <laughs> now, like a true Texan, you're a big fan of Willie Nelson and you've gone to his famous Fourth of July picnic uh-huh. concert parties right. and named one of your albums Picnic. Correct. What are those parties like?
3: Well, back then they were really fun because people didn't wear a lot of clothes. <laughs> Yeah. How many people are we talking? We're talking uh 20,000 fifteen, twenty thousand people. What? Yeah.
1: yeah. And everyone would gather, drive there, I imagine. Yeah. And then hang out.
3: And hang out. And do a lot of hanging out. Do
1: a lot of hanging, hanging out. out. <laughs> yeah. a, l-
3: yeah, a lot yeah, of music. Yeah. Yeah, and more ways than one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: You're also you're doing a podcast, the Americana podcast, the fifty-first uh-huh. state. A recent reviewer of the show said it's like I found my taco meat on Heaven's Street. Wow! Yeah, you're clearly connecting That's with people. That's fantastic. Uh, it's an interview show, uh-huh. and you're talking with different artists. What inspired you to do a podcast?
3: My daughter Clara. You know, she said, you know, we we ought to do this podcast, and so she kind of dragged me into it, kicking and screaming. You know, like you didn't I didn't want to do it. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, I I don't even have an iPod, so why would I think I, I couldn't even. <laughs> Move up from no iPod to podcasts, I, there's some kind of evolution there, right? so I, but anyway, she talked me into it, and uh, it's been really great because uh, one of the things that happens when you do what I do, which is tour about two hundred days a year, uh, you really become isolated to what's going on in the culture in the world. Right. you know you hear a lot less music than you'd think you would, you know, even at festivals and things, you don't see people that you want to see because like it's too busy it's busy, yeah, yeah right.
1: So when you started playing music, did you feel like people uh, told you like, yeah, keep going? Or did people say, listen, there's plenty of other things you can do, Robert.
3: I've still never met one person that said, yeah, keep going.
1: (laughs)
2: There's a few here. There's a few here.
1: Yeah. Uh, Robert Earl Keane, are you ready for an Ask Me Another Challenge? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. So on top of everything else, songwriter, amazing musician, incredible live act, you have a superpower, you have an incredible (laughs) party trick. You know the birthday of every U.S. president.
3: Correct. I do. Why? I realized that I knew some of the president's birthdays, and then I thought, well, why not know them all? So I just decided to <laughs> memorize them, so I did, and then as I went along, I realized that it was a really great way to really understand American history and the timeline there, and if you know what's going on with the presidents, you know what's going on. In the country at the time. So it became more of a um, a passion than it was just like, at first it was just a parlor trick.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay, we're going to put this to further use because this game is called The Presidential Birthday in History. I'm going to give you a president. You're going to tell me the president's birthday, mm-hmm. but that's obviously too easy. So I'm going to ask you a multiple choice question about something that happened in the world when that president was born. Okay. And if you do well enough, Katie Payne from San Antonio will win and ask me another Rubik's Cube.
3: Oh, fantastic. Yeah.
1: All right, let's give it a shot. Abraham Lincoln.
3: His birthday is February 12, 1809.
1: That is, yes, perfect. And what famous scientist was also born on February 12th, 1809? Was it A, Charles Darwin, B, Louis Pasteur, or C, Dr. Bunsen Honeydew? (laughs) Okay.
3: I'm going to have to go with Darwin.
1: Yes, Charles Darwin was born the same day as Abraham Lincoln. Theodore Roosevelt. Okay.
3: Okay. Uh, October 27th, 1858.
1: Yes. I just love this. Okay, here's your follow up. What famous department store opened its first store in New York City the day after Roosevelt was born? Was it A. Sachs, B. Macy's, or C. Ann Taylor Loft?
3: (laughs) I'm going to have to go with Macy's.
1: (laughs) Yes, that is correct. Okay, this is your last clue. Okay. George W. Bush. Uh
3: Uh-huh. July the 6th, 1946. Perfect. Absolutely,
1: yes. One day before Bush was born, what new fashion item debuted in Paris on July 5th, 1946? Was it A, nylon stockings, B, elbow-length opera gloves, or C, the bikini? Uh, C. That is right. And the swimsuit was named after Bikini Atoll, the location of the atomic bomb test that happened the same week. So fun! <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations, Robert. You and Katie Payne won Ask Me Another Rubik's Cubes. Okay. Robert will join us later in Thank the show you. for another game, but right now, give it up for Robert Earl Keen. Thank you, Want our next special guest to play for you? Follow Ask Me Another on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Our next game is about things that come in seven, like Gwyneth Paltrow's head in a box. (laughs) (laughs) Let's meet our contestants. First up, Leah Gonzalez. You work for a healthcare nonprofit. You grew up in San Antonio, and you mentioned that you cry every time we are the champions place.
2: Yeah. Why? (laughs) It's just such a swelling song and it reminds me of San Antonio when the Spurs win the championships.
1: (laughs) I love that. (laughs) Leah, when you ring in, we'll hear this. Your opponent is Ali Foran. You're a math professor at Texas A&M and your specialty is word problems. Yes. Okay, can you give me an example of like some sort of...
2: Sure. So I was previously teaching a lot of elementary education courses and so I would teach say like, okay, you have a kid named Jake and he likes football and he thinks that girls have cooties and he likes to eat Cheetos. Write him a word problem that has to do with five plus seven and they would say okay well um i ate five bags of cheetos this morning if i have seven more this afternoon how many bags of cheetos will i have eaten today and so then he likes cheetos so he'll be like oh man i had 12 bags of cheetos
0: (laughs) (laughs) that's all it takes you just get them thinking about cheetos and they're like exactly
2: exactly
1: (laughs) all right Allie, when you ring in we'll hear this Remember, Lee and Allie, whoever has more points after two games will go to our final round. So uh, according to the U.S. Census Bureau, San Antonio is the seventh most populated city in the United States. So this game is called Antonio. We'll give you a category containing seven items. For example, name the seven most populated cities in the United States. You're going to go back and forth naming all the things that you can that fall into that category.
0: And if you mess up by giving an incorrect answer, by repeating an answer that was already given, or by taking too long, your opponent will score the point. And if between the two of you, you run the entire list, whoever gives the seventh correct answer scores the point.
1: Okay, so you'll ring in to answer... First.
0: Here we go. Name the seven deadly sins. <laughs> uh, Allie.
2: Pride.
0: Uh, pride is one. That's correct. Leah. Lust.
2: Greed. Anger.
0: Wrath. I will accept that. Yes. Allie. Gluttony. Uh-huh. You guys know your sins. Congratulations. <laughs> there are two left, Leah. Sloth. And one more, Allie.
2: Ooh. Um... Just thinking of the movie Seven and trying <laughs> to get no, through that's all how of I do it too, head. yeah. Mm, I got nothing. Ooh.
0: Oh, so close. The answer is envy. And the reason you couldn't remember it is because that was where the plot didn't really hold together because he was the one who was envying somebody. <laughs> I know. It was kind of like, didn't really make sense. It no. wasn't like the
1: other ones. <laughs> Name the seven Weasley kids from Harry
2: Potter. Allie. Ron. Yeah. <laughs> Leah. I have never read a Harry Potter book.
1: <laughs> okay.
2: George.
1: George okay. is
2: one. Wow. Allie. Ginny. <laughs> Ginny is
1: correct. Leah, what other name can you make up? Uh, <laughs> William. Yep, yeah, we will accept <laughs> that. Bill, also William.
2: <laughs> Allie. Percy. Percy is correct. <laughs> Leah. Uh, Ophira.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Not part of this list, but that was pretty amazing. <laughs> the other two are Charlie and Fred.
0: Here's your next one. Name the seven symbols used in Roman numerals. Allie.
2: I. Leah. V, X, L, C, uh, M. <laughs> M, M, Yes. <laughs> Allie. D.
0: D is the answer. That means you get the point. That's oh. all seven. <laughs> this is your last category. Give me the titles of the seven theatrically released live-action Spider-Man films <laughs> released from 2002 to 2019. Allie.
2: Spider-Man. Yes. Well done. Leah. Spider-Man 2. Spider-Man 2 is another one. Allie. Spider-Man 3. Leah. The Amazing Spider-Man. Yes. Allie. Allie. Ultimate Spider-Man
0: It's <laughs> a fine guess but that is Incorrect I'm sorry the remaining ones were Amazing Spider-Man 2 Spider-Man Homecoming and Spider-Man Far From Home
2: I did see it Yeah.
1: Okay great game we have a tie If you knew all seven Weasley Kids no problem Then we'd be in seventh heaven if you'd Apply to be on our show Go to amatickets.org Up next, we'll play another music parody game about cheese. Yeah, you know. I gotta say, I like my men how I like my cheese. Soft, gooey, and full of penicillin. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and this is Ask Me Another from NPR.
0: Support for this podcast and the following message come from the Walton Family Foundation, where opportunity takes root. More information is available at
1: waltonfamilyfoundation.org. This message comes from NPR sponsor State Farm. Why do you need State Farm's renter's insurance? Because it helps protect the stuff landlords don't, like your furniture that gets drenched by a broken pipe or when a burglar makes off with your new laptop. When you add it all up, your stuff's probably worth more than you think. Make sure it's protected with State Farm's renter's insurance. Find an agent or get a quote at statefarm.com. How do you make an older
3: parent struggling with health problems happy? I tell him I was getting engaged to a war photographer and that he and I just bought a parakeet named Gino. This week on NPR's Invisibilia, what
1: happens when the roles we're used to performing with our loved ones get mixed up.
0: This is NPR's Ask Me Another coming to you from San Antonio I'm Jonathan Colton now here's your host Ophira Eisenberg
1: Thank you Jonathan before the break we met our contestants Leah and Allie this is a music parody game about cheese it's going to be a gouda time or as the Dutch would say a gouda time let's check with our contestants Leah so you and your roommate really love karaoke. Yes. You bought a karaoke machine for your house.
2: Well, we bought two karaoke mics for our house. Two karaoke mics right. that you plug into nothing. Correct. <laughs> 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 they have their own speakers, so they're, they're self-amplifying. <laughs> sure
3: they are.
1: <laughs> uh, OK, Allie, you're a big crafter. You oh, knit all yeah. your friends with babies' crocheted stuffed animals. I do.
2: What are your best ones? So, I, I made a flamingo, and the feathers were really cool, because they, like, flowed off of the flamingo. I made a sloth. Like, I don't know. I've made a lot of animals. What was the last one? I'm sorry. A sloth? A sloth. You know yeah. a sloth. Yeah. It's adorable, right? It was the right? mom's favorite animal, so. It was the mom's favorite animal? Yeah. I like slow
1: things. Yeah. Yes.
2: Oh. You're going to hate a toddler.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Very good. So, this music parody game is called "Kesora Sarah. <laughs> Depending on who you talk to, the US queso craze started right here in San Antonio.
0: Queso is the Spanish word for cheese. I don't know if you guys knew that. (laughs) So naturally, we took songs with Spanish words in the title and rewrote them to be about different types of cheese. Is this cultural appropriation? We'll find out. Ring in and tell me what cheese I'm singing about, and if you get that right for a bonus point, you can name the original song or the artist who made it famous.
1: Now, regular listeners might notice that this is the second time we have had Jonathan sing about cheese. Uh, This is what happens when all of your game writers are also cheesemongers. So there's a tie. Whoever wins this will go to our final round, and whoever loses will win a vegan cheese plate. Don't cheer for that. (laughs) Here we go. Some people think
0: it's bold, veiny cheese with a stinky mold. So now at dinner I eat alone, Gorgonzola on my own. Hallie. Blue cheese? Blue cheese is correct. For a bonus point, can you name the song or artist? Yeah, that was Coldplay. It sure was. Mm. Viva la vida. Last night, I dreamed of a bagel With locks and capers on my breakfast bun A schmear of this dairy concoction You can throw some scallions in, it's not a sin But just don't eat the strawberry-flavored version of this cheese Especially with salmon, please Because that sounds gross to me (laughs) Leah
2: Cream cheese Cream
0: cheese, you got it Bonus point if you can name the song or artist? Nope. No, can't name it. Sorry. Whoa. That was uh, Madonna, who was a musical artist. That's right. <laughs> Isla Bonita was that song.
1: Uh, by the way, Philadelphia cream cheese, which many people enjoy. Guess where that's from? New York. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Here we go. French soft cheese, I want to eat you. You've got a ride that I can eat, too. My oven's heating, I know you would agree. I could eat this whole wheel if I just bake it in puff, puff pastry. (laughs) Allie. Brie. Yeah, that's right. For a bonus point,
2: song or artist? Senorita by Justin Timberlake. Yeah, that's right. Named for where We
0: start with cheddar And we take out all its flair White or orange Kinda boring Perfect square In an envelope of plastic You must tear Melt so even You'll believe in processed cheese Allie Craft
2: single slices?
0: <laughs> yeah I was gonna say Can you be less specific? We're just looking for American But absolutely Yeah Craft singles—that's my jam. Yeah,
1: (laughs) it's like a toy cheese. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) is it cheese? No, no, it's not cheese. That's that's a a cheese product. It's a pasteurized, processed cheese product. (laughs) Beautiful edges. Beautiful it, uh, edges. It's,
0: when it comes in those plastic envelopes, it actually takes the shape of the envelope. It's a really... I know. It's <laughs> like it wasn't even solid when they put it in there. I don't know how they do it.
1: Actually, you know, officially processed cheese is defined as the food prepared by mixing with the aid of heat one or more cheeses of the same or two or more, more varieties in a homogeneous plastic mass. <laughs> Why don't they put that on the package? Yeah, homogeneous plastic mass. I can't imagine.
0: Uh, Ali, there's a bonus point for you if you can name the song or artist. Bailamos. Yeah, that's right, Enrique Iglesias. I like to call it Chevron. More fun to call it Chevron makes me feel fancy. Well, I'm eating beet salad. I keep eating beet salad Cause I don't know what else to do with this chevron <laughs> Leah?
2: Goat cheese?
0: Goat cheese, yeah, that's right Can you name the song or artist? Yes Yeah
2: <laughs> La Bamba
0: Yeah, that's right, Richie Valens This is your last song There's a layered saucy pasta to be prepared Lots of dairy, vegans beware. These soft and creamy cheese curds in every lair. We're making lasagna. Making lasagna. Allie. Ricotta. Ricotta. That's right. For a bonus point, can you name the song or artist?
2: Viva Las Vegas. Yeah, Elvis <laughs> Presley, that's right. Mmm.
1: Always on my mind also about cheese. Little known Mm facts. Okay, Allie pulled it out and is moving to our final round. So let's keep rolling with the Tex-Mex theme with a game about guacamole. And to play it, please welcome back our special guest, musician Robert Earl Keen. So Robert, you recommended a restaurant for us to eat at.
3: Yes, Mitiera.
1: Tierra. Yes. and we went there last night. Yes, we and had margaritas. Yeah. We had like basically one of everything on the menu. Yes, uh, it was delicious. Tons of chips, uh-huh. uh, and it was and pastries. <laughs> yes. because right, they have amazing pastries. Uh, yeah. It
3: was and it was a it songs. Was, songs.
1: We had songs. Oh yeah,
3: That's, it was a yeah. great experience. I know. I always get those guys to, like, I always tell them, look, I want to hear the saddest song you know, you know? <laughs> and they and they look at me like really weird, you know, because they're always playing happy songs. We asked for a happy song. Yeah. Like, what so kind of song do you go, want? Muy triste, muy triste. <laughs> and so one time I kept, you know, hounding them, and they finally played one, and two of the guys started crying in the middle of it. It was a, it was a pretty cool experience. Are you experience. kidding? Yeah, no, no, it was a pretty cool experience, you know? There was, man, when they want to play a sad song, they can play a sad song, you know? I you, mean, if my Spanish was any better, I would have been crying. You, uh,
1: you got some theater. You got some theater in there. Okay, so I also understand that you love to cook. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is your specialty?
3: Well, you know, I don't know. Just anything that's in the icebox, basically. Nice. I, I, I mean, I'm pretty good at that, like, let me make this out of this. That's you know? great. How
1: do you feel about guacamole?
3: I love guacamole. Do you make your own? I make my own. Okay, absolutely.
1: So here's the deal: we, our previous guest from the Netflix show Queer Eye, Anthony Porowski, famously riled up the internet by putting Greek yogurt in guacamole. (laughs) I know, I know, people are. Thank
3: you, San Antonio.
1: Yeah. But it turns out there are loads of examples of unconventional ingredients that people put in guacamole and anger the internet and the people at large. Yeah, I can so understand that. So we have a game about it. All you have to do is guess the controversial ingredient I'm talking about in this game called Guacpocalypse Now. Guac <laughs> <laughs>
3: Okay. Okay.
1: Okay. Ina Garten, the barefoot contessa, raised eyebrows when she revealed the secret to keeping her guacamole green. Instead of adding a bit of lime juice, she adds a lot of what? Freshly squeezed juice. And who is this? It's (laughs) Ina Garten, the barefoot contessa. Does a uh, television... Show she's a uh, yeah. yeah okay citrus fruit she she squeezes in there but it's not lime
3: that's a lemon yeah oh I know wow yeah that's it and you know purists I mean, I, are mad I, I, I wouldn't even think about that Put, I mean I mean, like I look over there in the the little fruit bowl and if there's no green things over there I'd grab the yellow thing yeah <laughs> yeah oh
1: oh people are mad <laughs> yeah. Uh, avocado prices have been going up lately, and NPR interviewed a food writer who learned that some L.A. taquerias are saving money by making guac without avocado. I know. Substituting with what ingredient instead?
3: It's not a multiple choice thing. No. <laughs> okay. I'll give you a hint. All right. Uh, All
1: right. Butternut.
3: Butternuts? Keep, keep going. Wow. Right. Okay. Okay. Squash. Yeah,
1: I knew okay, you okay. knew. I knew you were playing me, but I love it. All right. <laughs> yeah, Calabasitos squash, a matter of fact. Okay. Yeah, this writer said that after a side-by-side taste test, he could barely tell the difference between the squash one and the avocado one.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, did he work for Bird's Eye or something?
1: <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. All right. In 2014, bon Appetit suggested adding a little crunch and a lot of fiber to your guacamole by throwing in a finely chopped stalk
3: of what vegetable? Finely chopped stock? Yeah. Of what vegetable? Yep. Celery.
1: Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Of course. And here is your last clue. In 2015. In response to a controversial recipe published by the New York Times, even Barack Obama tweeted that he was not buying what as an ingredient in guacamole? Little tiny green
3: rounds. Peas?
1: Sw- peas, yes! Oh my God. Peas in guacamole. Gross. Robert, you did great. You can see Robert Earl Keane's Countdown to Christmas Tour, Lunar Tunes, and Loody Times this December. Give it up for Robert Earl Keane. It's time to crown our big winner. Let's bring back our finalist, Clarissa Simmons, who says the key to writing a good quiz is to pretend to be dumb. And Allie Foran, who knows a kid named Jake who eats too many Cheetos. (laughs) Clarissa and Allie, your final round is called, Is It Bigger Than Texas? We know that everything is bigger in Texas, but there are some places that are bigger than Texas. So in every question, all you have to do is figure out whether the region I give you is bigger or smaller than the state of Texas. And our big winner will receive an Ask Me Another Rubik's Cube signed by Robert Earl Keane. We rolled a 20-sided die backstage and Clarissa is going first. Here we go. Clarissa, which is bigger? Texas or France? Texas. That is correct. Allie, which is bigger, Texas or Australia? Australia. That is correct. Clarissa, which is bigger, Yellowstone National Park or Texas? Texas? That's right, by more than 265,000 square miles. Allie, which is bigger, Texas or America's biggest national park, Rain St. Elias in Alaska. The second one. <laughs> I'm sorry, the answer is actually Texas. That's all right. All right, Jonathan, how are contestants doing?
0: So far, Clarissa's in the lead two to one.
1: All right, Clarissa, which is bigger, Texas or the biggest great lake? Lake Superior. Texas. Yeah, that's right. Alley, the Great Barrier Reef or Texas?
2: The Great Barrier Reef.
1: Actually, Texas is about twice as big. Clarissa, the Gulf of Mexico. The Gulf of Mexico? That is correct, yes, by 350,000 square miles. Allie, the Sea of Tranquility on Earth's Moon, or Texas? Texas. Yeah, Texas is right. All right, we're halfway through our questions, Jonathan. Clarissa seems
0: to be unstoppable. She's in the lead four to two.
1: Okay. Clarissa, which is bigger? Texas or the surface area of Pluto's moon, Karen? Texas. Sorry, Pluto's moon by more than 1.5 million square miles. (laughs) Allie, the Sahara Desert or Texas? The Sahara. The Sahara Desert is correct, yes, by more than three million square miles. Clarissa, Death Valley or Texas? Texas. Yeah, Texas is correct. Allie, the Himalayas or Texas? Mm, Texas. Yeah, Texas, by only 38,000 square miles. All right, only a few questions left. What's going on, Jonathan?
0: Well, uh, Allie made up some of that lead. It's now five to
1: four. All right, Clarissa, which is bigger? Texas or Greenland? Greenland? Yes, Greenland by about 570,000 square miles.
0: Ophira? Yes. Clarissa is now in the lead six to four. Allie, if you get this wrong, Clarissa wins the game.
2: Allie, which is
1: bigger, Texas or Egypt?
2: Wow. Um, I'm going to go Texas. I'm
1: sorry, Egypt okay. is bigger by more than 120,000 square miles. That means, Clarissa, you are our winner. Congratulations, Clarissa, and that's our show. Our podcast drops each Friday. Listen and subscribe. Ask Me Another's house musician is Jonathan Colton.
0: Hey, my name anagrams to thou jolt to cannon.
1: Our puzzles were written by Camila Salazar, Ryan Leach, Mary Tobler, Kara Weinberger, and senior writer Karen Lurie, with additional material by Ashley Brooke Roberts and Emily Winter. Our senior supervising producer is Rachel Neal. El Ranch Eel. Ask Me Another is produced by Mike Katsup Travis Larchuk, Kiara Powell, Nancy Sechow. Any case not. Ramel Wood and our intern Natalie Haytayen along with Steve Nelson and Anya Grunman. We are recorded by Damon Whittemore. We'd like to thank the Aztec Theater,
0: Zeta Catheter,
1: Texas Public Radio, Crude Sailboat Picks, and our production partner WNYC. I'm Herripe Begonias, Ophira Eisenberg, and this was Ask Me Another from NPR. Hey, meet us at the Bell House on Monday, December 9th for a very special live taping of Ask Me Another. We're bringing back four previous victors for our first ever Tournament of Champions. Plus, from Showtime's Billions, comedian Dan Soder. And from the sitcom Sunnyside, Cal Penn. Info and tickets at amatickets.org. This is NPR. Next time on Ask Me Another, we're in Nashville with two country music legends, Trace Atkins and Carlene Carter, and they play a game identifying members of the Grand Ole Opry.
3: She was kidnapped in an episode of Dukes of Hazard.
1: Blake Shelton.
3: Ah.
1: <laughs> so join me, Ophira Iceberg on NPR's Ask Me Another, the answer to life's funnier questions.